Voice of Fintech. Welcome to Voice of Fintech, a podcast mapping out the Swiss and global fintech scene, connecting fintech enthusiasts with startups, incubators, accelerators, business angels and VCs, and incumbents interested in partnerships. Voice of Fintech will help you navigate the fintech ecosystem. Here you can listen to the startup founder stories, what investors and incumbents are looking for when dealing with startups, and find out more about resources provided by incubators and accelerators. My name is Rudy Fallad and I'll be hosting this podcast. Hello and welcome to Voice of Fintech. Today we're joined by Christoph and we're going to talk about what Switzerland as a country is doing to promote sustainability and green fintech. What are the initiatives that are going on in this field? How you can get potentially government help or how does government help in terms of providing framework for this? And also a little bit about personal journey of Christoph from private sector to the government. So welcome Christoph, how are you today? Very fine. Thank you very much for having me. All right, great. Well, uh, thank you for making the time. So let's just start and talk about your perhaps unusual journey, right? From the banking and the startup world to the government. You, how did that all happen? Well, it actually fits better together as you might think. It's it's really these two hearts or these, these two sides in of passion inside of me. The one is clearly building up stuff like building up fintechs. I've been uh, heavily involved in in the incorporation of Leontech, what's now called Leontech. It used to be called EFG Financial Products and really saw how you can scale up a company from four people initially to over 400 people. And this, this I replicated in a smaller dimension with two further startups. But at the same time, I really, really like the complexity of governmental and work where you have this systematic view on, a, in, on the country and how it fits together with the international developments. As such, I, I was lucky enough to, to be part of the Swiss National Bank during the Euro crisis, leading the risk monitoring of the two largest banks. And now after, after going back to fintechs, I again found myself at the State Secretary for International Finance, being uh, responsible for implementing the sustainable finance strategy of the government, which again, is there's a huge complexity about it both national and international. And that's just uh, amazingly motivating to work with a lot of very intelligent, very motivated people on such a high ambition. And of course, top of the agenda for SSIF is green fintech and sustainability. You could have also picked another field in terms of economic policy or the fields of government. So what has attracted you to green fintech and sustainability? The sustainable finds, maybe to start with, it's really, on the one hand, it's really the opportunity of the century for the Swiss Financial Center. I truly believe that that it's uh, it really fits very well with the core values of Switzerland and with with current uh, dynamic. And we, I really feel that the Swiss financial system could uh, further strengthen as a leading fin- financial center by really embracing sustainability, which they do. And I want to contribute to that development. On the other hand, when you look into the future, when you see the shift in uh, in wealth from previous generations to the next the next generation, they will invest the money digitally and sustainable. So this combination of digitalization and sustainability, which culminates in green fintechs, is, is obviously key of key importance for the financial center. And that's why we, the Federal Council really put this as one of the main priorities within sustainable finance to become a leading hub for uh, green fintechs. 
Understood. This is uh, this is the key topic, and as you said, the the right timing and the great opportunity for Switzerland. Now, talking about complexity, I'm just going to mention a few titles or roles that you have. Right, you deputy head of insurances and risks and at SSIF, initiator and secretary of a green fintech network, head of Swiss delegation at G20 Sustainable Finance Study Group. Yeah, the list goes on and on, yes. Yeah, and Swiss chairman at a number of organizations like Coalition of Finance Minister for Climate Action, Swiss representative on a work stream of climate disclosures at FSB. So many, many mandates. Can you explain what are the key elements of those mandates and how they are linked together in terms of the overall objective, which you just mentioned at the beginning? And this is a very good question. And I think from an outside perspective, hard to understand, but when you're when you, when you have clear priorities, how Switzerland should evolve within sustainable finance, and, and these priorities in Switzerland are a focus on carbon pricing, a focus on transparency, and a focus on green fintechs. These are the three pillars for, sustainable, for our sustainable finance strategy. And now we look at internationally, where can we promote these pillars? And there are lots of international organizations or initiatives where sustainable finance topics are discussed, sometimes with a different focus. Some some are more focused on transparency on alignment. Some are more focused on transparency on risk. Others, like the Coalition of Finance Ministers for Climate Action, are more forum for helping each other and showcasing the experiences you have on the transition towards sustainable economy. And I'm, as, as the responsible person for sustainable finance, internationally representing Switzerland in all these, on all these fora and international organizations, always trying to promote what, at least one of these three pillars. So when you look at the actual work within the FSB, within the G20, Sustainable Finance Working Group, etc., it's a lot of times the same positions Switzerland makes or I make, obviously always trying to shift the work in a direction that, that supports our priorities. Understood. So, of course, sustainability has generally gained importance in the financial sector. It has become mainstream, right? And uh, various financial centers are committed to sustainable finance. But this can also lead to competitive pressure on one hand and also to potential regulatory disparities on the other hand. So, what measures are being taken in Switzerland? First of all, I think the competitive um, aspect is really beneficial. You really see a race to the top. On the one hand, by corporates uh, with their pledges uh, to transform. On the other hand, by financial institutions and even by financial centers and, and countries on a daily basis. So I think this competition is really helping. But as you say, lots of countries are now also more and more thinking of regulation, of how to promote sustainability in financial centers. And there's a big risk of fragmentation on the regulatory side, but also on, on the market-based side with the various initiatives and standards underway. And I think that's being identified more and more internationally as well. And the current work, for instance, by the G20 Sustainable Finance Working Group is really geared on how to coordinate all that work, how to coordinate all the work of the international organizations and how to give a helping hand to jurisdictions as well. So that kind of there's an alignment. Obviously, each country will have the different priorities and the different uh, values in the back. So that there will always be a certain difference. But there's really a common ambition to avoid market fragmentation. And uh, well, let's dig into this a bit more, because according to the Swiss Sustainable Finance Study, the market for sustainable investments has increased uh, by over 30% uh, last year. So what does that mean more in terms of sustainable approaches? Because when people talk about sustainability, that means a lot of things, right? 
So in terms of investments and approaches, what are we talking about here? That's a, that's a very key question, I would say, because as you mentioned, the market is in, uh, growing massively. We had last year an increase by 60%, this year 30% to over 1.5 trillion Swiss francs in sustainable assets, sustainable investments. But that covers all the approaches, as you mentioned. It covers ESG integration, it covers engagement, exclusion, best in class, up to impact investment. And I think it's very important to know what the purpose of an investment is. Is it to minimize the ESG risks in your portfolio, uh, meaning that you exclude assets that might be hit by physical risks or by transitional risks, such as uh, increased carbon price, or is the focus on actual having an impact? And in that regard, it's very encouraging that impact investment, for instance, which is still a very niche in wealth management landscape, increased the most by 70%. So I think it's more and more investors, not just wanting to reduce their ESG risks, but actually to want to have an impact. And that means also for us a clear a clear shift in the work we're doing, that it's not just about providing the transparency on the risks, but that we also need to uh, include in our work transparency on impact, uh, which is understandable to an investor. But following up also on that international competition, and you talked about regulatory arbitrage, so in a way, that's also related to sustainability reporting. And there is more and more scrutiny in this. As I said, you work with FSB as well, right? So where do you see the role of government in this? And there are also more and more third-party certifications available. But what about the country or global standards? At least there, can we agree on something where investors or public can trust uh, that when companies uh, report on their sustainability goals or activities, they are actually happening? I would divide the question maybe into three subtopics because they're very differing developments. On the one hand, you have the disclosure, financial disclosure on climate, especially on climate risks. I'm sure you've heard of the Task Force of Climate-Related Financial Disclosures, which was established in 2017 and, or in 2017, sorry, published their recommendations. I think it was established shortly before that. And it has a huge traction. I think up to more than 1,500 uh, corporates already report according to the TCFD recommendations. And now caught the attention from governments as well. So more and more governments uh, want to mandatory implement these TCFD recommendations in the economy. And there's also the IFRS Foundation, which makes the global accounting standards who now will build sustainability standards for the accounting in the, in the accounting sphere based on the TCFD. So there's a huge convergence towards TCFD. I'm very happy about that. And we see now also biodiversity becoming a hot topic with the establishment of the Task Force for Nature-Related Financial Disclosures, and which was launched a couple of weeks ago, also with the support of Switzerland. So I think there, the world is quite aligned and there's a low risk of fragmentation. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, you see the European Union with with promoting a taxonomy, which obviously is a whole new ballgame on defining what's exactly a sustainable investment. What the taxonomy basically does is goes to a company and says, um, dear company, go through all your um, revenues and say, for each franc of revenue, and does it support one of the six environmental goals we set without being against or working against some one of the other five? And if that's true, then this frank is green. Now do this with all your revenue, then do it with all OPEX and with uh, all CAPEX. And at the end, you're, you're as a company, you're 70% green according to taxonomy. 
So this is interesting on two sides because it really leads to a lot of work for corp companies. And on the other hand, it really has a certain political aspect to it that the, poli the politics or the government defines what's green and what not. And there it's going to be interesting to see how other countries position themselves. Will they also implement, take over a taxonomy? UK is thinking in that direction. And will they stay a bit more market-based? I assume the US might um, stay a bit more in that direction. And Switzerland is currently building up or working towards a position themselves. We will give, uh, we will hand recommendations towards the federal council end of this year how we deal with greenwashing in general and how we deal with the EU taxonomy in particular. And uh, you mentioned a lot of the bodies that are non-governmental or governmental bodies that would help in bringing more transparency into this. But what's your view on the third-party certifications? What about people who set it up as a business and say, well, we do understand sustainability and you should get certified by us and, and then you can promote yourselves as certified by X, Y, and Z? I'm not in a position to have an opinion about that. I note, however, that there's, there's also a certain convergence on third-party standards in itself, uh, less certificates mm -hmm. and standards. I also note that governments increasingly have an eye on ESG ratings in general and to what degree ESG ratings actually align with the goals set in the Paris Agreement. It's a question if they should align because ESG ratings cover many more aspects than just climate. But I, I, nevertheless, there is quite some international attention on that. All right, understood. Now you mentioned that recommendations to the Federal Council are due by the end of the year. But where are we, let's say today, over this summer in terms of accounting? So if I want to go through a Swiss company's financial statements, uh, how much of the climate change or sustainability disclosures and the similar topics I can expect? Currently, you would obviously have quite a few larger companies who already comply with the TCFD recommendations, who are early supporter of the TCFD recommendations. So you have that in the sustainability reports. On the, on the requirements for larger companies, you see now with the, I think in English, it's called the Sustainable Business Initiative counterproposal, which should become into force early August if there's not a referendum taken. And that obviously leads to very similar requirements like in the European Union, like the European Union knows with the non-financial reporting directive. So as of 2024, for the year of 2023, larger companies need to report their ESG um, exposures and their and risks. So I think as of 2024, you will see much more reporting on that side. We are currently working on making TCFD mandatory across the entire economy with focus on larger companies. You will hear a decision about that from the Federal Council by the end of August if, if everything goes according to plan. So I think there is a lot of momentum, but obviously not yet on a mandatory level. All right, understood. And uh, turning to the world of uh, startups or fintechs, right? Because uh, you already spent you spent some time there as well. We talked about the macro level, the framework, the Swiss and the international position or the movements and things like this. So where do you see the most significant opportunities, though, for innovative technology or the startups as an, as an enabler for sustainable finance? Yes, it's, you say it, I really see them as an enabler for sustainable finance and for financial institutions to become sustainable. So I think I mainly see it in the B2B aspects or in the business-to-business -business, um, applications. And there are many to name. You have, I think technology plays a crucial role in harnessing billions of data sets that, or data points that are around to form an opinion 
on the various exposures to measure physical risks or to help companies to to disclose themselves um, or to inform investors in making asset allocations according to sustainability. So it could be startups that, that use AI or machine learning. It could be startups that, that leverage databases from satellites, uh, imagery, etc. I think Switzerland really is at the forefront on this. We have really key, I would say we have really large startups in this era with success stories. For instance, Carbon Delta being purchased, uh, acquired by MSCI, SAM platform being acquired by, by S&P Global recently, uh, RepRisk, Celsius Pro, Covalence, etc. So there's really a lot of momentum going. And that's the reason why we also, why we want to further push that together with these larger startups. We want to build the framework conditions for the smaller to come after them so that we have really, a, we build a hub, so to say, on green fintechs. And of course, a lot of that, though, you mentioned leverages technology, but is based on the data, right? So they will also need that uh, movement on transparency and uh, improved quality of reporting in that field so that it all works together. It's all interlinked, and that's exactly why it's so important. So on the one hand, green fintechs, they need data to provide their services. On the other hand, yeah. they provide data for other um, uh, users. So it's really it, it's an enablement on all fronts. And all of these topics are so intertwined, right? Obviously, very difficult to all of a sudden get become an expert on the topic by listening to a, a, a quick chat that we're having. So what would be the further recommended reading that you would recommend to people, whether that's a book or documentary or research, something that the people could use to become more knowledgeable on sustainable finance? Well, maybe first, particularly on green fintech, I think at the net, the green fintech network, we helped establish together with market leaders in this field, launched recently an action plan on green fintechs, how to improve them. And it shows really the various aspects, the various needs of how they can be improved. And I think it in itself, it provides a lot of knowledge. Now, I think on a more macro level, what I can really recommend is the book Climate Change, What Everyone Needs to Know by Joseph Rom. It's just a fantastic primer on the state of climate change. It really goes through all potentially uh, all popular questions there might be, like does climate change lead to more drought? Does climate uh, change lead to increased level uh, sea levels? What are the positive reinforcement factors um, that might be triggered by our continued um, emissions? And it's just a wonderful read because it's really science-based. It shows for each answer, it's, it bases itself, uh, or each answer bases itself on, on the various uh, papers published. And it's just a wonderful primer, which I can only recommend. I can fully recommend you read through it. And once you've finished, you start again. <laughs> okay. So we'll definitely put the links into the show notes so people can uh, find it easily. So thank you for the tip. Now, what's the best way to find out more about Switzerland's activities regarding sustainable finance? What are the, the best resources uh, that people should follow and uh, keep, on, keep on the top of the things? I think there's two. Given that it all flows together in, this, in the State Secretary for International Finance, I would definitely recommend the page on sustainable finance. It really contains all the various actions that Switzerland is taking. On the other hand, I can recommend finance.swiss. And this is kind of like the Swiss center, uh, the, the webpage of the Swiss Financial Center, which has a very strong focus on sustainability when you look on the webpage. And most importantly, obviously, also the Swiss Sustainable Finance. I think they're doing an amazing job with bringing the market together, with building up knowledge and recommendations for financial institutions, and they have a large repository of information on their webpage. 
So thank you for this. Obviously, big challenges ahead of us, but also it's a great opportunity, as you mentioned, right? So thank you uh, very much, Christoph, and good luck. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Voice of Fintech podcast. If you haven't already, check out also voiceoffintech.com, where you will find all the episodes and additional resources related to the podcast. You can also subscribe to Voice of Fintech on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or any other podcast app that you like. If you have any suggestions on the topics or guests, or how to make this podcast better for you, please email us at info at Happy to hear from you. Thank you.